This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg, from Studio One Design. How are you, mate? I'm really good, Al. How are you, mate? I am fantastic. I've got a new team member joining the team, and he's such an exciting and vibrant guy. I love people because I'm a little excitable. Right? Yeah. And he's a bit the same and it's great. I don't know if our personalities are too close together and we might sort of clash later on down the track, <laughs> but uh, I love people with that pep in their step, you know? Yeah, so. that's cool, man. And yeah, well, I don't see an issue with that. Like, you know, to me, if you've got people that are fun and passionate and, you know, as long as you get the job done, then it shouldn't turn into crap. Never, never. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I'm really excited, hey. Like, we've been looking for the perfect person for this position for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, look, he's only just starting, so time will tell. But, you know, he seems to tick all the boxes, which I really love. What about you, mate? What have you been up to? Um, yeah, I've also hired somebody. So, I've hired a new assistant to help me, you know, with customer support, but also handling my my leads, etc. So, yeah, because I, I find that I, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) let some leads slip because I just don't have time to follow up on them, you know, so that's just terrible. So really, we've got automation in place now, we've got a VA managing it. So yeah, to me, that was kind of something that came out of the event, you know, traffic conversion event, like one of the three things I wanted to do. So that's what I've done. Nice. So this person sort of reports not reports directly to you, but their sole purpose is to take things off your plate. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But I'm easing her into it. You know, I'm not overloading her and yeah, really just making sure that, you know, everything that I give her, she can handle before I give her the next thing. Nice. Ah, just dump it all on her. Yeah. yeah. Hire a super VA. Yeah, they can do everything. (laughs) They don't need training. That's totally the mistake that so many people make, isn't Isn't it? it? They just dump everything at once. Yeah. And they... No, they expect them to do everything from edit their videos to write their blog posts, you know. And, and not give them any explanation or any training, just go do this yeah. and expect it to be done the way it's yeah. Look, you that's bet. another episode topic, I think. It is, it is, yeah. For this week, we are continuing our series on the traffic, like the, your takeaways from the Traffic and Conversion Summit for 2018. And... This is all about marketing tools to create free traffic. I find that that really interesting, that title. Um, please enlighten us on what you mean by free traffic because I don't know if there's such a thing, is there? <laughs> well, no, not really because everything that you need to create to attract free traffic costs time and time is money, right? So you need people to do these things. So, But it just means it's not paid traffic right so for instance you can create video you can create podcasts and obviously we've got a podcast and you know might come across the airways as free but it's obviously costing us our time which is money to create this thing so that's what we're talking about things that are uh, you know not paid traffic so what you what what this is is marketing material that you're not so that's non-advertising so non-paid ad spots and often free to the consumer to, to discover 
rather than free as in not costing you a cent. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. There you go. <laughs> Good explanation. Yeah. And so really, and, and the first the first speaker that um, sort of fall, fell under this category was Perry Belcher, one of the owners of Traffic, of, sorry, Traffic Conversion, digitalmarketer.com. And yeah, he really started off quite uh, like breaking it down into telling you how important it is to have your own website, right? So, you know, realistically, your website is your hub and that's where all of these traffic sources will lead into. Think of it like a, you know, a, a, a wheel, like a, it has all these spokes coming off it and all those spokes are different traffic sources, but they need to lead to something. And if they lead to your website, then that is where you have all your offers. So realistically, if you concentrate on building your website into a content machine, you're going to attract more people and you want to use those traffic sources like podcasts, like YouTube, like, you know, whatever else there is, even paid traffic to bring people back to your hub, your website. I think I get it. No, I do get it. I do get it. What you're saying is put great information out there that's not necessarily an advertisement to attract people deliver them great information great content and then they will discover their way back to your sales funnel that's so this right. is kind of yeah. the very outside of the sales funnel it's a, exactly right so yeah it's not push marketing it's not like paid marketing it is using the laws of attraction it's really the reciprocity principle you know to bring people towards you so you don't have to do the hard sell all right well here's the magic question how do we do that how do we do that right well he, he perry belch he broke it down which i thought was really cool i mean it was kind of basic level and you know for people that are mid-level or high level marketers this stuff would have just been you know they would have been yawning at it right but it was more or less just saying that you need to have a a fast website right that was sort of number one have a fast performing website and so to do that obviously you want to reduce uh you know large images get good hosting and have a, a light sort of structure you know, have the right tech stack so he recommended having wordpress and using the genesis framework for wordpress and you know using basic seo tools like yoast so i mean there's a bit in what i just said there it's quite technical but really for the average marketer that's sort of mid to high level you know this stuff's kind of like you know 101 yeah well Essentially, make sure that wherever you're driving the traffic to works well and uses the best standards of today. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And so really that's just creating the hub to bring everything to, right? So, and he's also said have, have a secure website. So your, your domain needs to be HTTPS, right? So it's pretty kind of basic stuff, but it is crucially important. So I get why he said it all, right? But I did like the fact that he mentioned Genesis, like the Genesis framework, because that's what we, that's all of my websites are built on. And, you know, I think it is the most robust, flexible framework for WordPress because over time, um, if you use one of these website themes, they could break and, you know, they have to have updates done all the time. And, um, they're not that flexible, whereas Genesis is just a framework. So if you have it custom coded, then as your business grows and you want to add a shopping cart or a membership or whatever you want, you can add these things easily, you know, extra sales pages and all that sort of thing. Sure, you need a developer to help, but you can put also things like Thrive themes into Genesis so you can create your own landing pages as well. So Genesis is like one of the largest frameworks, like the most popular for WordPress, and in my opinion, it's the best. 
Nice. Now, I just want to make a little point here. You mentioned HTTPS, mm-hmm. right? The interesting thing that I've discovered recently is that, you know, really, HTTPS isn't necessarily needed on every website, right? But Google has had this put, big push to saying that, you know, if your site is secure, we'll... we'll uh, reward you for that and some browsers now are bringing up a warning if you go to a non https site and they're showing a big ugly red cross up in yeah. the browser bar and people are actually scaring off sites that are not so it is really really important even though you may not be transacting you may not be collecting data um you know the the h the the, the ssl the secure server is almost like a must-have these days yeah most definitely yeah and you're right you know like if you don't have it you're in strife in in the next year because google just won't rank you at all oh that's a bit scary all right what else have we got yeah so and then you break down into um thinking about the type of content that you might want to you know put on your website and you gave a couple of research tools like buzzsumo and market muse and moz and these are uh, websites that will help you sort of figure out what your market is interested in if you don't have ideas for content those places those websites are ideal for trying to work out you know what your what your market's interested in rather than just spraying a whole heap of you know content on your website this will give you ideas that your market are interested in yeah so find out what your market what your market wants to know about and deliver yeah. them that rather than maybe just a, a brain dump of your knowledge and that's not to say your knowledge isn't valuable but at the end of the day you see this all the time people writing articles about what they know about and the reality is is that maybe only a quarter or a tenth of that is what the customer's actually hunting for and looking for answers that's right yeah i mean unless you've got a content team it it you know it could just be a waste of time putting everything that you've got in your head on your website um you know but if you have a content team and then you do put a lot of ideas on there it could also be categorized and you'll find you know there'll be different target markets the the lower end will be looking for this the mid end will be looking for that and so forth so at least if you've got a lot of content then you will be catering to different target markets and then when people opt in for things you can target them appropriately depending on where they're at so yeah i would just say try and be relevant but if you've got multiple target markets you're going to need a team and try and have a content marketing plan as well that was another big thing at the um you know the tnc um, event that people were talking about don't just sort of spray it out there try and have a bit of a plan for your for what you release yeah, like if you do, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't put everything that's in your head out there, but, you know, start with the the low-hanging fruit, you know. Take mm. the knowledge that you know that relates to a particular topic or subject of interest to your market and do that first. Yeah, spot on, yeah. And then he talked a little bit about brain, uh, sorry, rank brain, which is part of Google's algorithm for ranking websites. It sort of uses artificial intelligence it's kind of as smart as a human being apparently right so uh, at least in the sense of acquiring knowledge both from being taught and from building on what it knows and making new connections you know like the the internet of things so what you're saying is google's thinking about how people yeah interact with your site it is indeed yeah and their behavior and 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know a lot about it at this point, but it is certainly, we're actually bringing on an SEO expert and he's going to be talking about that in more detail because, yeah, it's it's super important these days to make sure that you don't try and rig the SEO system or Google's algorithms and try and, you know, talk to it. Like, honestly, if you try and do anything that's slightly gray hat and not completely white hat, your site's going to suffer. So Google just wants you to be completely natural with everything, or like your behavior on, on, on website, on your own website, I should say. Yeah, look, and, and I've been to the Google office here in Sydney, Australia, and they've they presented to us what they're doing with artificial intelligence when it comes to, they weren't specifically saying with their, you know, with their uh, ranking data, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at if this is what they're doing, then it's going to relate to that, where... You know, it's no longer just about the meta tags and the text and, and all this sort of stuff. The, the, their cloud computing can recognise patterns, systems, types of images. You know, are you designing your page in a way that is easy to read for a consumer? These things are are really critical. And then they're looking at behaviour, you know. So the, these, the artificial intelligence is, is amending the results depending on, you know, how long it takes to respond to something, you know. Uh, how far do they scroll down to the page? Do they do, Are customers stopping and looking at a particular element in detail? You know, all these things are, are amazing. And I... I've got a sneaking suspicion that in the near future, terms and conditions are going to change and they're going to start using the cameras in your device to see where your eyes are tracking on the screen. You know, there's some amazing stuff coming. So, yeah, consider designing it well, making a great experience for your customer. I mean, this is this is not talking about the free traffic at the moment. This is talking about where you're going to drive the free traffic. So, yeah, the, the advice is just put a bit of thought into that before you go ahead and do all the traffic. That's what we're saying, right, Greg? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, it's funny. I was just speaking to a client before this call and I couldn't see her and we're having a video call and I said, you're kind of there, but it's all blurry and it's like I'm looking through a fish tank. And then she opened the the camera slider lid, you know, she said, oh, I'm just worried that, you know, Google's watching me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they say that Facebook is watching, you know, so who knows? I know a lot of people that cover the cameras on their, their computers. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing, that's for sure. So anyway, yeah, they are looking at human behavior and it's just, you know, it's all part of their algorithm. So yeah, and and they do, you, you mentioned a lot of good things they, they look for. They also look for, you know, do they comment on your site? Do they share your site? You know, are they, where, are they clicking on the call to action? Are they clicking through to other pages, etc.? And a big one with, you know, like, do they scroll, which is what you mentioned. You know, it is important if people scroll, but really... You know, you don't always necessarily need them to scroll. You can have a call to action at the top of the page, depending on what it is. But then if you definitely want them to scroll to try and, you know, please Google, don't put a uh, a call to action near the top of the page. And that sort of depends on what the page is all about as well, whether you think it should be better placed at the top or the bottom. Sometimes you need it at the bottom because you need them to engage with the story before they have the call to action. They They might not be ready for it at the top of the page. Well, that's like a good sales page. The call to act, the first call to action is only given once you've given them enough information to make a, a sensible decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, you got to gave a few other tips. He said uh, infographics are the most underrated and highly ranked content, and Google love them. So I was quite surprised about that. I didn't even know they could uh, read them. 
Well, this is where the artificial intelligence now, you know, it used to be just an embedded image and the metadata attached to it. But, you know, the artificial intelligence has image recognition where they're actually looking at what is in the image. And, and hey, listen, this, this runs for videos too, right? So the same computer brain, for lack of a better word, that is working out what's in the infographics and whether it's beneficial is also viewing the videos you show and looking at whether you're smiling, whether the video is fun, whether it's exciting, you know, what's happening in the video. They're actually able to assess that, which is something that's never been able to be done in the past unless you put it in Mm -hmm. to the description box. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that's pretty powerful. Now, Al, do you use voice search a lot? I use it heaps and I'm going to buy myself a new pair of AirPods to make it even easier for me to do voice search. Oh, nice. Okay. So you value it very highly. So a stat that Perry Belcher gave about search, uh, sorry, voice search, he says it's the future of search. It's Google's enemy predicted 60% of all search by 2020. And at the moment, it's about 26%. 60% by 2020. I think it'll be far, far quicker than that i think in the next year or two it's going to go up to to 50 or 60 percent i think mobile devices have driven this but now all this is being brought across to computers like like desktops as well Mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's some situations where you can't you can't talk you might be at work or whatever so you need to type search but yeah i think there's a a growing trend for for voice it's so much easier Absolutely. Yeah. And then he talked about mobile first index. So we've done a whole episode on on this. So if listener, if you go back a couple of episodes, yeah, we did a mobile first sort of uh, episode talking about website design for, you know, design for high, high conversions on a mobile device. So listen to that. But yeah, he just reiterated the point that you know, recently Google announced the major change and the way it searches, you know, the way it ranks websites and it will be using the mobile first index. Um, as opposed to the desktop view. Yeah, and he also mentioned, you know, inbound links are still super important if they are from quality websites. So don't just go for quantity as far as getting links back to your website. Like it's not as important to have many as it is to have links from quality authority websites. And I think to as much as maybe they don't publish it, I think Google is paying attention to who's posting those links and why. So, you know, things like phenomenal social sharing, Mm -hmm. they're links, but Google can see that they're links that have been shared not by you and in an organic way. So I think that's going to take a bigger priority over over time. But, yeah, look, I think it's a big part of Google's algorithm is still, you know, links from quality sites to your own site. Yeah, exactly. And then he just sort of finished it off with saying, you know, to get, like, especially if you're... If you wanted to reach a, a larger audience, do guest posts uh, more frequently on on big sites. Like he even said, we're we're looking for um, for guest posts, a digital marketer, right? That's what he said. And so therefore, reach out to these big companies, digital market, TechCrunch, whoever, whatever you know is in your niche, and and really try and you know offer value to them to then just have a link back to your website because they are authority websites that you know, Google will, will take notice of if they're linking back to your website. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Get, get it, put it out there, you know, get your knowledge out there in front of the customers. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then finally, Perry Belch just mentioned Pinterest. So not many people talk about Pinterest, but he said it's very underutilized and I would agree, 
you know, most people think it's only for, you know, certain niches and more sort of targeted towards females. But I love Pinterest. I use it a lot. I think, you know, we, we've always got Pinterest page and Studio One. And yeah, we, we get a lot of traffic from Pinterest as well, especially on our, our T-shirt design website. So yeah, I agree. Pinterest is underutilized and I think it's a very valid point. Yeah, Pinterest, and, and, and I think it's it's like anything, you know, when there's new social media, work out how to leverage it. I mean, Pinterest is not new, but we're the same. We use Pinterest a lot. Uh, mind you, you and I are both in very visual industries. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know how Pinterest might go for an accountant or a bookkeeper, but I guess if it's relevant, definitely utilise it. Yeah, well, the thing is there might not be many accountants or bookkeepers on there. So if you have some, you know, images that are kind of, there might be... I don't know, they might be you know, slogans or you know, text-based things that are relevant to your industry. The point is, there are a lot of people on Pinterest. If they come across your post, it can link back to your website. So use it. <laughs> yeah, sweet. But yeah, so just to summarize, so really, you know, what Perry Belcher was talking about is just, you know, setting your website up properly, you know, creating content that's relevant to your audience, you know, trying not to trick Google and just everything on your website needs to, uh, you know, appeal to just normal human behavior and then just, you know, finish it off with, you know, really Pinterest and and sort of guest posting and bringing more traffic to your website. Sweet. Yeah. I love that. I love And, you know, this is not new. Let's be realistic. It, none of this is no. is new and groundbreaking. It's just a reminder that you've got to stay on top of this stuff with all the new things, with you know, the, all the talk about Facebook and Messenger and all this sort of stuff. Simple content marketing is is very, very important. Yeah, most definitely. And so then, yeah, I want to move to Joel Com. So Joel Com talked about video and he sort of started off with the history of video and he mentioned meerkat and periscope which was bought by twitter live um, blab all these things facebook kind of killed them all right so you know with their own live video so video is super powerful but you know you also got to be careful if you are creating these type of tools that you know there's a good chance they could get squashed by the bigger players yeah what what you're saying that if you're using them or if you're building yeah, them? if you're creating them yeah yeah and we touched on that on another episode as well but yeah so yeah it's you know it's bit scary really but then who knows facebook could get squashed by something bigger as well which we're going to talk in about a future episode aren't we al we are, we are. We've got something <laughs> queued up that's very interesting on this. Yeah, these big behemoths in the Western uh, mm. digital world and where they might end up. So we're talking live video. So this is when you know it's not a it's not a webinar, it's not a pre recorded video, but you're using the the platform's tool to record on the fly. That's right. Yes, exactly. So he said like on Facebook, 20% of all Facebook book videos are live, right? And he gave a good case study and everybody knows this one, the Chewbacca mask video, right? So that's where, you know, a lady picked up a Chewbacca mask and apparently it was for her kids, but it wasn't really, it was for her. She was just loving it. And she was just laughing her head off. She was really infatuated by the, the, when she opened her jaw, it would make the Chewbacca sort of noise right (laughs) the voice and she was just cracking up laughing but it was so infectious and what we could learn from that is that you don't need a set you don't need makeup you don't need to be a model you don't need a script and you basically don't need it to be professionally shot at all it's really that spontaneous moment that makes it so infectious 
yes, but, you know, it, it's it's real life. You know, yeah. it's it's like talking to somebody. You know, when you look at things like reality TV and people love that sort of stuff and other live events, people engage with it because they think it is so natural and unscripted. But when you actually, you know, if you think about this from a business point of view, it's easy to say, oh, the script's not important and all this sort of stuff. But a lot of the really great reality TV is produced within an inch of its life. You know, it's very, they're, they're very selective about who they have on there, what sort of characters, even a lot of TV shows, like some of these news shows that seem really organic and they're chatting. They have rehearsals, they have scripts, you know, they have the teleprompt. So making it feel organic, I think is the most important thing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it did, it did give some tips on, you know, how you can, you know, you can use live video in more of a structured way, but yeah, really the, the, Things that are going to go viral the most are those totally natural things that aren't scripted at all. Yeah, or, or definitely seem unscripted. Yeah, because people, they just connect with the authenticity of, of that particular moment, right? So, yeah. Anyway, he, yeah, he was talking about it's all about EPM, which is eyeballs per minute, right? So, you know, the more people you can get, the more viral it's going to go, in, especially in the initial stages of the video. You know, it, it'll tend to get more leverage because obviously, you know, in Facebook, if it's um, if it doesn't go viral straight away, then it's a good chance it's going to get lost in the feed. But if it starts getting momentum from the start, then the algorithms of Facebook are going to give that boost, uh, you know, a major boost. So I thought that was interesting. And really, he's saying that uh, he gave a couple of other tips as well on, on sort of how to how to come across. And he said, Chocolate John, who's an Aussie from perfectionchocolates.com, he said, go check out his stuff because it's absolutely infectious and, yeah, you'll get a lot of tips just by watching the way he does things. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, it's hard when we're recording because I want to jump on that link now. But, listener, don't pause. Just wait till the end of the recording to, to go check out Perfection Chocolates. But what he's saying is, you know, have a look at what other people are doing and see if you can't emulate their stylings. Yeah, that's right. And their they're actual website's down right now. But anyway, which <laughs> ah, is funny. That? I checked it out before this recording. But yeah. And so he's saying, you know, you can create a story and he gave four kinds of storytelling. So one, you can teach them something they don't know. And this could be you um, off the cuff talking about, you know, your knowledge and just sharing it with the world, right? So um, yeah, teach them something they don't know. Two was in um, something inspirational or motivational. Three, entertaining and fun. And four, experimental, like, and, and, you know, really showing your background. And Taki Moore does this well, where he's, you know, he's talking about something and then he's always walking around and you're more focused on what's happening in the background than, than Taki's face, even though you're listening to what he says. But it just makes it more engaging. So, yeah, let people know, you know, where you are, who you're with and, and what you're doing, essentially. Yeah, I find this really interesting because it's, it's, a, it's a big trust thing, you know, like people feel like they know you before they've uh, started to investigate your products and your services and, and done well, you know, people feel like they're friends without ever having met you face to face. Yeah, absolutely. Video is just so powerful. And yeah, live video can yeah really, really help give your, yep. Yeah, say? yeah, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm... laughs> 
sorry, listen, I had a brain fart. I was going to say something. And um, back to you, Greg. <laughs> Live video can really give you a boost for that going viral aspect. But also in general, I find, like, I haven't done one yet, but I find that um, people that do, they just get more confident as they keep doing more spontaneous uh, live videos. So, yeah, if you can, you should do it. Put it, and I should do it. <laughs> he also talked about virtual reality, right? And he's saying how fast that's coming into the into the space of Facebook as well. But he's saying Facebook has invested two billion dollars in Oculus VR, which is a you know a company that creates virtual reality goggles. So, yeah, and he's saying it's going to be huge for you know everything from concerts to sporting events. So really, you'll be able to be at home with your VR goggles on and, you know, pretend you're there at the concert or the sporting event. So that's pretty powerful. Uh, look, I mean, the, the, they're already using 360 photos on, on Facebook and that's just to tickle the interest of people as VR comes out. It's, it is going to be epic i think like watch the vr space it's going to be a lot of fun and there's going to be some great stuff happening the only thing i don't like about it is the fact that you got this big ugly goggle thing on your head you know what i mean yeah really- and that's going to change you know yeah, it will change. that's where the next big technological breakthrough will be will be you know vr that either doesn't require goggles so it'll be some sort of projection system or it will be just a pair of very comfortable glasses or something that maybe flicks out from your headphones. I'm looking forward to it. I I think once they overcome these big chunky VR, I mean, Greg, just remember how big mobile phones were when you and I got our first (laughs) mobile phones, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember they came with a suitcase. Yes. A handle and a big ass battery and no technology in it. All you could do is make phone calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then it just gave a few ideas for inspiration for creating videos. So one, you know, go behind the scenes of things, uh, take questions, share news, uh, motivate and inspire, share opinions. That's really powerful. Give tips and reviews and even, you know, meet the team type of videos uh, can go viral as well. You know, just rewind this part of the podcast and write those down, right? Because I think they are just not just in video, but they're just gold as far as things to create uh, organic content around for any social media. But if you can incorporate these into videos, uh, people are a bit scared of these. Oh, what do I create videos about, right? But, you know, little how-tos, little motivational things. Hey, I'm having a good week. This is why I'm having a good week. You know, behind the scenes, come and see inside our secret workshop. There's just so much you can do. I I love that list. I've already copied it and pasted it out of your notes, Greg, and into my (laughs) Evernote. I love it. That's cool. Awesome. And the final tip was just be spontaneous. All right. So that's cool. And then, yeah, we moved to, and this we're nearly done, listener. So we're just moving to Pat Flynn. And uh, really, this is, I was only there for probably the last, you know, five, 10 minutes. So I've got a few tips, but I'm just going to sort of roll through them now. And yeah, I didn't see the whole presentation, but what he was saying was that, you know, the, with your podcast, the, it's good to have, you know, different ways of creating content. So you don't always have the same format each time. You can interview a, your clients. And I guess we do this all as well. We interview people, you know, we interview experts and then we give our tips as well. And we're also doing, you know, event reviews, which is what we're, you know, we're doing right now. So you're saying interview, not just experts, interview your clients as well as case studies. I think that's a, a really good idea as well. Interview the forum owners. With that, it just means, so you might have a, a niche where there's a forum owner of a certain niche and 
you know, reach out to them and don't be douchey, be completely respectful, but yeah, try and get them because then you're going to create an audience like they're following, especially if they promote it for you. Let me just clarify that. You're talking forum owners. I think what we're saying is interview people who have already have a community of people within your space, yes. right? So, you know, if you were an accountant, you could look at interviewing whoever that the head of the accounting association in Australia is, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you can leverage the fact that he might tell his audience, hey, go and listen to the podcast interview that, that exactly. I did. Forum owners, that's a very digital uh, space <laughs> yeah, thing. And I, I know a lot of our listeners are in the digital space and may know what forums are, but- Industry you know, leaders. Yeah, look yeah. for industry leaders, but not just industry leaders, industry leaders who already have a group of people that listen and respect to them, uh, res- respect to them, ah, respect them that they may, that you might be able to leverage their audience. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, he also said share behind the scenes stories and he said be vulnerable. And I think that's, you know, a killer tip there. That's really hard to do. But when you do, you'll probably get the most con- uh, traffic and, you know, from, from being vulnerable, essentially. But then he said cross promote your podcast with other, other podcasters, which is what we don't really do much of, do we, Al? Uh, no, we probably no. <laughs> should. Look, I mean, we, we cross promote on Facebook when another when one of our guests comes on. Yeah, we share that with our audience. But you and I should probably go out and get on a few more podcasts, or maybe both of us together. That could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody wants to have us on, reach out. <laughs> yes, <Cool>. please. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but look, you know, at the same time, this is not a marketing podcast so much. You know, like for our businesses. You know what I mean? We just love sharing our lo- our knowledge. But we don't even have a call to action, and that's another thing that he said. Have a call to action at the end of your each podcast. So you know, realistically, it should be bringing people back to your business but you know you and i are we've got totally different businesses and yeah we don't we don't encourage people to um to visit our websites at the end of each podcast do we well no but in saying that this is you know what we spoke about earlier about you know generating content to introduce ourselves so for for you and i it's about sharing our knowledge Mm. it's about helping our listener and allowing our listener without any pushy selling uh, pixelpartnershq.com um, <laughs> to to uh, to discover what we do, who we are, and feel like they know us, so that when they are ready to use our services, or even if they're never ready to use our services, they might recommend us to somebody else, and that and that happens. You know, I get inquiries of people who have listened to our podcast or have been referred to somebody referred by somebody who listens to our podcast. So, Absolutely, yeah. And we don't have to be sleazy and selly about it. We don't have to put a big call to action, you know, and maybe that'll change over the life of the podcast, Greg. We might start promoting what we do more later on down the track. We but might for, do for, that, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, it, you know, really the best thing to, to put as a call to action on your podcast is another form of free content. It could be a lead magnet, a quiz, a challenge, etc. But one thing, you know, we do actually do, we ask people to leave a, a review in iTunes. So not many people do that because it's such a pain in the butt to do that on iTunes. They have made it a bit easier recently. But yeah, listen, if you haven't done that yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a, a five-star review if you think we're worthy. That'd be awesome. But yeah, the whole point of this section, and we're about to wrap up, but just to let you know that podcasting is a very powerful way of attracting new clients. Even though there's so many podcasts out there already in every niche, the point is you've got your own voice and 
you know, people will love it. People will resonate with it and some people won't, but you will create your own audience. It's a very powerful tool for, for bringing in new leads. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, you and I could probably get more leads from our podcast if we tried a little hard. If we try, we don't really try, do we? <laughs> Is that a little bit of vulnerability there? We're just admitting that we're not very exactly, good at Exactly. There you go. But yeah, one thing we do well is we go deep each uh, episode, you know, and we, we try to share everything we know about that particular topic. And that was another tip that he gave. Go deep. Yeah, awesome. Well, here's my tip right, yeah. is put a selfless plug. Like, go and check out Greg's lead magnet at studio1.com. Studio1design.com. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, studio1design.com. Quiz. Get, get your selfless plug correct before you do it. There you go. And put it at the end of the episode if you're going to do go. a podcast. And you know what? <laughs> Deliver value. All this stuff is great and you should, you know, promote, cross-promote, put it up on social media. But you know what? At the end of the day, whatever content you're delivering, Deliver value to your potential customer. I think it's as simple as that. And my kill tip is enjoy the content that you're doing. Don't put it out if you're not passionate about it. And like us, you know, we're having a bit of a laugh. Have fun while you're doing it. Yeah, and there's workarounds, you know. Like if you're not good at getting in front of a video camera, that's okay. If you're good at writing, write something and then find a way to repurpose that. Use whiteboard video apps that create videos for you. You know, find somebody who will read that content in front of a camera. There's always a way around it. So you can definitely create this type of mixed media content and drive traffic to your to your website. Greg, that's been awesome. Yeah, Mate, thank I you, Al. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we've got a, a couple more in this series. So stay tuned for the next one. Definitely. And Greg, just another thank you from me and from our on behalf of our listener for taking such detailed notes that you can share with us. It's been awesome. Cool, mate. I'll bill you later. <laughs> Bye, mate. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.